Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bit Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega interviews and news. Hello and welcome to the Sega Bit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry. With me is George. Hello, everyone. And we are joined by a member of the community, a fellow writer of Sega Sonic stuff. Um, you've seen his work all over the place on the internet, and we'll talk about all those places with him. It's uh, Donnie, aka SSF1991. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How you doing? Doing good. It's uh, been a busy past week for me, but hope hopefully you all have been hanging in there. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, it's uh, it's not just like oh, we should we should just randomly invite Donnie on the show. No, there's you know, there's been some stuff going on uh, in the world and in the community, so we thought we'd get you on. Um, we can talk a little bit about it, but it's not the focus of the show. Really, we wanted to uh, hear about your sort of time as a Sega fan, as a member of the fan community, maybe some interesting stories you might have had from the past, and we can talk a little bit about recent events too. Um, I always like to kick things off by asking, what is the very first Sega game or console you played? The very first Sega game or console I played? Well, I was, I think, three or four years old, around there. And this was like back in, oh God, 1995, 1996. And I got Sonic 2 and Sonic Spinball on the Sega Genesis. Wow. Um, What do you think about that that game? Sonic 2 or Sonic Spinball? Spinball. Uh, That is easily my favorite game on the Sega Genesis. Wow. See that, Barry? Like, me and Barry have kind of, like, discussions about that game. I don't like it. I think Barry likes the fact that it kind of has a tie into the cartoon, right, Barry? Yeah, that's about the only thing. And I like some of the uh, sprite animations, and I'm I'm a pinball fan, so I like that aspect of it. But um, it was a weird it was a weird game when it came out, because I remember sitting down, I'm like, all right, Sonic. I know Sonic. And it immediately started to control differently. You know what I mean? You know what Sonic feels like. And when it's different, it's uh, it's different. <laughs> wait, wait, you're a pinball fan? Yeah, I like pinball. I like you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm out here in Chicago. It's the uh, the one of the big homes of pinball. I've got uh, a pinball arcade up the street. Once it reopens, I'm gonna hit it up again. But um, yeah, with these with these crazy times, pinball machines are the last thing anyone wants to be touching. So that's a yeah shame. yeah. But um, so that's that's interesting because honestly, just from I don't know our our small interactions online and what I see in your writing, I always got the vibe that you maybe like got into Sonic a little later. So that's that actually surprises me. Is the um, is the 1991? Is that like in reference to Sonic himself, the SSF? Uh, SSF Net Twenty One stands for Sonic Sega Fan Net Twenty One, okay. which is. Yeah, basically Sonic's first year. Okay. All right. Cool. The funny thing is, yeah. The funny thing is, back then, I had no idea Sonic 1 existed. I had no idea that Sonic 3 and Knuckles existed. 
And I didn't know about that for another 10, 15 years. Oh, wow. Wow. As, as far as I knew, the only Sonic games that existed were Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic Spinball. And it wasn't until I got Sonic Mega Collection that I realized, oh, there are more games in this. <laughs> so, so you weren't the type of guy that would like go out and like read uh, video game magazines or be into, I guess you could say, news reporting at the time? Because like, back then, the only way to get news was... Uh, Basically, magazines, I would guess. So you waited like maybe a good ten to fifteen years. Did you take like a hi- hiatus from break, uh, video games or something? No, I've always played video games. It's just Sonic kind of. I'm I'm being a kid back then and stuff. You know, I didn't really have a whole whole lot of time to play games. Uh-huh. And well, I was a very casual gamer as well. So I kind of I do very weird things. Like for example, with Sonic Two. Most of my time was just spent making tails fall into pits and <laughs> and playing the casino night like slot machine until the timer ran out. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of people in the community that like Sonic because they could experiment a lot and be creative on how they play. So I think there's that's what a draw for a lot of people is for the classic games. Um, what other Sonic games do you enjoy? Like, if you had to pick a favorite now that you've probably played most of them. Uh, what era of Sonic is your favorite, and like, what games do you consider your like top, at least three or five games? Um, wow, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think ten years ago I would have said the classic era, but nowadays I'm kind of leaning a bit more and more towards the adventure era, mostly because of the modding community that has kind of come about since. Because, oh my god, the modding community for Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 is insane. But, uh, let's see. I put Sonic Spinball at number one. Sonic 2 at number two. Uh, three, I think I put Sonic Colors. Hmm. Sonic Adventure 2 at number four. And at number five, I'd put. Sonic Generations. Oh wow! I think that's actually a pretty like varied list. I think uh, probably more varied than me and Barry's list would be. Like me and Barry obviously grew up with the classic Sonic, so a lot of us, a, a lot of our stuff would probably be classic. But I do know me and Barry like really, really, really enjoyed Sonic Generations. Um, Sonic Colors has that vibe to it, like Generations. Um, what's your whole take on like? I don't know, like, that Sega hasn't re-released that game. Like, it's been exclusive to the Wii for, like, ever. And it feels like it's one of those games that didn't didn't sell enough or didn't get enough hype. Like, I still see people talking about Generations online more than I do Colors or Micro and Crazy. <laughs> no, I've seen, I've seen more of, a, like, a somewhat of a mini backlash to Sonic Colors lately. Like, it, it, it seems like it's kind of outdated for, dated for its time. But... I haven't really seen much about Generations either, to be fair. It's been mainly... I've seen a lot about the adventure games and the classic games, but not so much modern games. It's weird. Interesting. So what what got you to go from playing games to being a part of the community and and writing? Were there Was it like a gradual process where you became a member of a forum, or did you just like start immediately on some fan blog or fan site? 
Um, I started getting more into Sonic. I think it was around 2008 because I didn't even know modern Sonic existed either. Hmm. And it wasn't until Sonic Gems Collection came out. Not even when it came out, but in like 2008, I got Gems Collection and found out that there were actually more modern Sonic games. They were still making them. And that eventually led me to find out about Sonic Unleashed. And Sonic Unleashed, I got that. That was my very first modern Sonic game was Sonic Unleashed. And I got it in late 2008, not long after uh, Brawl came out, because that's when I first learned that uh, Sonic was actually still a thing, and then led to Gems Collection and stuff like that. But uh, I didn't start getting into news until like 2009, 2010, when I first started like uh, watching E3 conferences on G4 and, and online, and that's when I started getting into gaming hardcore. And then I learned about this community called Sonic Paradox that does the Sonic shorts. And I went on their forum. And then, like, two weeks later, there's a post on Sonic Paradox asking for a news reporter because they want to do a new news Sonic news section on their site. And I signed up two weeks after I had joined Sonic Paradox. Mm. <laughs> and I got the job. And, and uh, how was that, like, starting off doing that? It was interesting, because, like, this was my first, you know, Sonic News reporting job, and absolutely no one knew who I was, despite the fact that I was on the staff. <laughs> All I knew was that, hey, you're competent, and we can understand what you're saying, because you're not using all these, like... Because at the time, you know, Sonic Paradox was had a lot of kids, and you know, kids being kids, they do kids things, and but they wanted someone that was not necessarily mature, but like, you know, professional things like that, and that, that kind of led to me being on the team just two weeks after I joined. Mm -hmm. Um, and what eventually resulted from that was, um, what eventually became my avatar, actually, um. See, on Sonic Paradox's forums, you'll have a little banner below your name, uh, like member, privilege member for those who are trustworthy but don't have actual staff roles, uh, staff itself. I had my own banner. I was the only one to have my own banner, and it was called SP News, and it had this little news reporter chow right next to it. Very low quality, <laughs> but it had a little news reporter chow next to it. And that's where I got my news reporter chow from. It was uh, by someone named RGX who made it. And he eventually made the remade version that I use today on Twitter and stuff like that. So if there's anyone to credit for making this little, I guess, my OC at this rate. <laughs> but uh, it's RGX that's to credit for it. He's the one that made it. So, so from, from that uh, experience, are there any notable people who are still around now that we might have heard of? Uh, the Wax is still around. RGX is still around. Uh, at the time I had done this, uh, I also did a podcast on there called The Sonic News Show that went for like a couple of years. And that's where I eventually met like a lot of the people in the community, like uh, Dreadnecks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You know, and... And various people from, like from FTCR and Branch Scratch Comms and you know people in the Sega community and and uh, Jamie of the Sonic Show I met at the time that time and there were a lot of people I had never met before that I met through that show and that's how people became became aware of me 
And I also did live coverage of things, too. Uh, like, for example, when Sonic Generations was teased, remember the first trailer, like that first teaser trailer for Sonic Generations where you saw modern Sonic running in a, like a, a whitish green hill zone, but there's like this green strip there, right. and suddenly classic Sonic appears? That I actually covered live, and I eventually attracted the attention of, 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 of uh, Tristan uh, from TSSC News. And he eventually he a few years later he needed he was going to retire because he had some IRL stuff to attend to he was getting a new job and didn't have the time for it anymore so he hired me hmm. uh, and that's how I ended up on TSSC News. And so was his talk when he hired you that he was going to retire that you were going to take over TSSC News or that you were just there to help out while he was gone? Basically, he, I should clarify it was more like semi-retirement where he was taking a step back from reporting on news but he was still reachable behind the scenes so he'd still mm. be doing behind the scenes site stuff at the time and and i'd be basically taking his lead reporter role reporting on articles and stuff right that's that's, that's what yeah no go on go on no i was gonna say that that's pretty much how it went for like a few years um after a while i had branched out into uh, Nintendo news as well, uh, because I'm a trader from to Sega, but uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, but I branched out to my Nintendo news uh, in 2016, and that sort of became kind of like a dual priority with TSZ uh, for a while. And then basically, Tristan realized, like, hey, Donnie, do you need a little more help? You know, Recording things, I'm or not recording things, but writing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, sure, why not? You know, I can always use more help. And, and at this point, he had gotten things sorted out. Tristan, he's in, on a good schedule, had gotten things in order, so he's able to come back and do more. And he did, and that's sort of what led to events from last week. Right. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I mean, not to get into that just yet, but that that's interesting. You brought up his stepping away because I remember that, and um, I mean, I, we don't need to get too much into George and I uh, our our experience and uh, relationship with Tristan, but um, no. Uh, suffice to say, it it started like non-existent and then quickly became pretty negative. Um, and so when I saw that news, I was like, oh, okay. I can live with this. I, I like this idea. <laughs> um, and then when I saw him kind of come back, I was, I was, guess I was just kind of confused because I was like, was it a temporary thing? It didn't seem that way. And I'll be honest, after 10 years in the community, there are more than enough people. And if I told you the names of their sites, you'd go, oh, that person who will tell you behind the scenes, I'm stepping away. I'm done. You take over. Not a year later, they're like, hey, what's my login? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so. I've I've come to never never trust anyone that says they're stepping away. They always come yeah. back. Um and so yeah, so it's uh I guess I was surprised to see him easing back in and you never felt though like you were being squeezed out or anything, right? No, I never felt like I was being squeezed out or anything. I just felt like I was getting a helping hand more than anything. Okay. I, I will say this much when it comes to Tristan a lot of people see that two-thirds of him that's negative, but there is that one-third of him that people that work with TSC see that's actually very generous and kind. 
there were a lot of times because TCC was actually a paid job. I actually got paid for writing a TCC. Okay, was uh, it per article or monthly? It was bi-monthly. Oh, okay. Was it? I mean, you don't have to tell me how much it was, but was it decent? Like, it, it was decent. Yeah, um, I got a Christmas bonus as well at the end of the year, which was nice. So. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I hope every- none of our writers are listening to this, George. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say that right now. I was about to be like, "Why well, I'm going to work for Tristan, but the site's down now, so I'm like disappointed." I was like, <laughs> "Wow, wait." Tristan, why don't you just message me? I don't hate you. I like you. I was about to say that. If you're listening, Tristan, I mean, whatever. Right. <laughs> just give me my paycheck and you can take Sega bits and everything else you want. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. So, so from there then, I mean, during that time, during when you started through to... Uh, maybe just, you know, during he started to return, were there any, like, big stories you remember working on, anything you were really excited to cover? Um, I know, I mean, George and myself, sometimes, very rarely, maybe once a year or something, you'll get that one big lead, or you're like, am I the only one seeing this right now? I should post it up. Um, Can you think of any instances like that? Off the top of my head, no, actually. There weren't anything, like any news articles in particular that were huge, except uh, for live TSSE's live coverage, we eventually introduced a thing called TSSE Plus, which was basically our Twitch channel. But uh, it was probably the South by Southwest streams that we did every year. That was probably what I looked forward to the most, because a lot of the time we didn't really have like the Sonic community didn't really have many sites that were there. I think Stadium was there mm-hmm. uh, every now and then, but it was primarily us um, that were really reporting from there, and that resulted in us getting like a lot of attention because of it, more than we usually get. Mm-hmm. And that I looked forward to more than anything. I think there was one year that I actually hosted the uh, coverage of it because. The person that usually does it, uh, Lou or Lewis, he was, I think he was kind of, I think he was there or something came up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I had to actually step in and be the host of it, so to speak. But yeah, it, I've, I've enjoyed doing live coverage of, you know, of news, live streaming coverage. That does, it's always been my favorite of mine because I can just simply talk it out and, you know, make sure that people, uh, people have a constant source of where they can find out where things are happening. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I gotta say, the one, the one big positive to throw at TSSZ is the live event coverage. That's something that very few um, other Sega or even, you know, Sonic News sites cover. Um, I'm impressed. Uh, you know, sometimes you're in the audience, sometimes you're not, but regardless, you're, uh, you're on there reporting it live, which is uh, difficult. I've can't believe I don't think I've ever no George and I did some at the uh, 20th 25th anniversary party yeah but like we didn't have like a camera out right. when the party was popping like that would have been weird like, I mean to me I, I would get like anxiety I would think like being in a public place filming a video like I could barely even like record voiceovers when there's people in the room like I get all nervous yeah so I, yeah. I could just imagine that takes a lot of courage yeah, we had people on the like on the panel floor, like talking to us, and we even had an, a live interview with Aaron at one point. 
like Aaron was actually on the stream. And then, oh yeah, that reminds me. There's a story that happened too. We, I think, the, one of our TZZ representatives there, I think it was Noah. He was, he actually helped get a, I think it was either helped deliver it or helped get the cake for Takashi Izuka at the time because it was his birthday, and they actually helped get the cake to him so he, they could celebrate his birthday at the panel. Oh, that's funny. Nice. That's really um, cool. Yeah, Aaron's always been cool with TZZ. Like. I've never once heard him complain about it or anything. Like he, I think I, I have no idea like how he, he thinks of the whole TZZ thing that's happened the last week. But, um, yeah, Aaron's been really quiet to be honest. Like I feel like we've seen a lot less of him the past year. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that I have I have to agree. He's probably super busy. I do know that his team is way larger than he used to be. So I don't know, maybe he's like into managing everything. Yeah, likely. Um, So that's interesting though. You're going through your whole history there. You're naming all these names I recognize, all these sites I recognize, but, uh, and maybe this is a little too much behind the scenes for the people listening, but as someone, you know, who has been in the community for so long and George and myself, we've had connections to, um, you know, combined like Sega nerds, uh, Sega bits, the junkyard blogs, Sega memories. There's very little crossover with the sites you're talking about. It's almost like we all know we exist, but there seems to be like these. Maybe there's more than two, but to me, it really feels like there's these two big groups where you're like, yeah, of course I know so and so from Sonic Stadium and so and so from Find yeah. the Computer Room, Sonic Paradox. But then there's very little crossover when you get over to you know, the sites I mentioned, and even stuff like Sega Shiro, Racket Boy, um, moving outside of uh, Sega sites. I'm wondering why that is. I'm wondering if it's just because we're kind of all content in our little communities, and I'm not really sure. It's not really a question I'm posing to you. I'm just kind of musing right now. (laughs) But (laughs) Um, I I did actually work with Sega Nerds for a small amount of time. Um, I actually had... uh, a Sonic Yoda from Sega Driven on one of my uh, Sonic News Show podcasts years ago. Oh, cool. Um, and as for Sega Bits, I, I've known about you guys for a good while. It's just, you know, I think it's just for the fact that, you know, we kind of been doing our own thing, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, and I know, you know, full disclosure, we did put out a call for writers and you did apply once. To be quite honest, oh, yeah. I think the the concern of ours, and I think we told you, it's not, it's, I mean, I don't know, you can edit this out if not, but it's not anything big, that you were just on too many sites. So the, the big thing we were looking for was like, if news hits, we get it first. And I think that was the only, I think that was the one problem that we kind of encountered. Um, not that we're trying to be greedy, but it's just like, you know, it's just how it is. <laughs> you, you, you have a, uh, like a, really good resume though like when you when you dropped in i was like wow this guy is on everything so i was pretty impressed at the time oh absolutely yeah so that that's something i wanted to talk about um you've had you have such a big resume and i know at one time you were on so many sites are you moving forward looking to like focus on one site or maybe two sites in particular and really just become kind of the king of that place um when I was like ten years ago, when I was younger, uh, I did have a habit of kind of doing more than I really should have. 
and I overextended myself a lot. That didn't necessarily cause problems, but you know, people were you know were making a deal that hey, Donnie, you shouldn't be doing all this stuff, and it was really not so much that I. It wasn't really I overworked myself, but because of the fact that I don't really do a whole lot outside of online, uh-huh. it means I had a like a lot there. As long as I'm awake, I'm able to work basically. So it meant that I was able to you know do part. I had the time to do all these things for all these sites, and I honestly still kind of do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's one thing that never changed. Uh, but. Eventually, I got to the point where, like, okay, I need to get things sorted out, kind of get things organized. Because everything I was doing at the time was, although I was overextending myself, the issue I had was that I was unorganized. So I got things in order. You know, I'm, I now, when I do things, I jot them down, like notes for things I need to know when joining a site. Uh, I have things more organized in terms of uh, my hard drive. So I'm doing a lot more stuff that's uh, keeping my mind focused compared to 10 years ago or even five years ago. Mm-hmm. So that has helped a lot. And also, I completely forgot that I had registered for Sega Bits <laughs> at the time. It's been it feels like a distant memory now. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I remember at the time I felt bad, but you, you seem to bounce back. And the fact that you forgot is a good thing, I guess. Um, but- I, I, briefly, tell me about your time at Sega Nerds. I'm just curious. What was it like writing for, for that team? It was, um, just for people listening, Sega Nerds was a Sega news site that existed years ago. It's where I met George in its original incarnation. It had since gone away for several years, then came back for a bit, and that's when you were there. Um, was there like a real team atmosphere, or did you feel more like on an island when you were there? Um, yeah, I wasn't there for very long, so I don't really have much that I could really share about what it was like there. It was probably like a like a few months that I'd been there, but there was a team effort there. Um, and it was really, I, I, I'd say it was from my brief time at Segner that I realized that I really need to get things in order. Because it was right there that I realized, because of my mental uh, health, more than anything, yeah. My mental health was became becoming more and more of a uh, thing at that point, and that resulted in me like not finding the room to be able to chip in for sites like I should have, and unfortunately, that resulted in me being fired from or let go from a few sites, including oh, Sega really? Nerds. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Well, if um, if you ever were to write for us, you could go five five years without writing anything before George goes, hey. Did that guy not write anything? <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you suck. You're, you're fired. And I'm leaving, too, because I'm just going to go and join Nintendo. Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> so you write for my Nintendo news, correct? Yep. Okay. So um, is there any crossover with the Sega community there? Is it a whole different group of Mario lovers? Actually, my Nintendo News is very much aware of the Sonic community. They followed TZC for a while. They follow Sonic Stadium. I'm pretty sure they follow some Sega sites as well. Um, they focus primarily on they. Well, they do write some Sega stuff in general. Like they covered the Sega uh, Game Gear Micro news. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. What's with <laughs> what's with these Nintendo sites newsing stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with Sega? Are they just like jealous? They want to um, be cool. I think it's mostly because they get they get a backlash where if it's not exclusively Nintendo, Nintendo. People go like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't Nintendo. I thought this was my Nintendo news." <laughs> like, yeah, I have seen that actually, and I've seen other Nintendo websites. Uh, I guess get into fights. I have noticed that a lot of these like Nintendo websites are owned by closeted Sega fans. Oh, they don't want to yeah. let their people know they love Sega, but they're like, "Oh, there's only money in Nintendo, so I got to <laughs> do this." I know, I know, you guys. I'm looking. Yeah, yeah it's just. The Nintendo community, they have a closed-minded view of what is considered Nintendo news. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if a, a strictly Sonic fan site started talking about Puyo Puyo or, or even Hatsune Miku. Uh, you know, I actually, weird. I actually kind of like it when Sega sites do Sonic sites do that because I feel like they have a younger audience they skew to and. Just them oh, to definitely. branch out on different Sega franchises is good for the company as a whole. But I do know that they kind of give up fast. Like, they don't cover everything. They'll just cover, like, Puyo Puyo, like, if they really like that. Or if Hatsumiku's having a game and they like Hatsumiku, they'll cover that. But, yeah, it's kind of hard to keep up with a company. Like, it's hard enough to keep up with Sonic the Hedgehog stuff. It's even harder to keep up with Sega as a whole, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there's more to Sega than just Sonic. If yeah. Sega was just Sonic, Sega would have been gone like decades ago. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And, you know, you, you say something like that, and to me it sounds so silly. Like, of course, it's like me saying, you know, there's more to a grocery store than apples. And I'd be like, well, duh, they've got a lot of stuff there. But honestly, there are so many people where when you say there's more to Sega than just Sonic, they'll be like, like what? Like, they they don't understand. They just, they, they can't really wrap their heads around the the just sheer volume of what Sega's capable. I mean, just earlier today, I was looking on eBay for a uh, Sega brand um, uh, home planetarium. Like, <laughs> you know, like they make the craziest stuff, but people just, uh, you know, they, they sometimes just see what's in front of their noses. Um, so let's, let's touch briefly on the recent events. And before I get into that, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about, um, you know, a little fan site drama, things within the community, Sega, Sonic stuff. Um, there's more important things going on right now. I mean, we're not uh, ignoring that at all. So uh, if you're out there and you, you know, you feel like you need to be a part of these causes, you should definitely contribute. Um, don't stay silent. You know, support your communities. Be safe. It's just... It's such a crazy time. We're being told to go out and, and, you know, raise our voices, but at the same time, we need to not catch a virus that will kill us. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 a very it's a very strange tug of war. But um, I guess you know a, a a very strange thing that happened this past week is that there was a little bit of I, guess, I don't know cross contamination in the in the fandom that led to. Um, TSSE effectively shutting down. I mean, before we get into it, do you think it'll come back? There are, I will say this much, there are discussions within the TSSE staff about wanting to preserve the site. Okay. At least. Yeah. 
I don't expect TZC to come back as in new. They're going to continue writing new content. I think that TZC at the very best is going to come back and open its doors, quote unquote, open its doors, but not write anything else and just sort of preserve the site. There won't be anyone writing anymore. It'll just be keeping the site up so people can see its legacy and see all the news that had been written up. Um, right. And so, yeah. and, you know, with, with the events that went down, um, obviously you were, you had no, no blame in that. You played very little part outside of, you know, holding up, sticking up for yourself and having principles. Um, I want to hear, instead of my little third, third party uh, view of things, do you want to just briefly walk us through what happened? Okay, so I think it was like a week or two ago, Tristan had messaged me telling me, hey, you have my utmost uh, encouragement, blessing, yada yada, to cover what is going on, um, you know, what is going on right now. Uh, but make sure that they are retweeting uh, verified sources uh, with video. That was the you know scale of what it was that I was told that was okay to do. Mm. So imagine my surprise when I log on to Twitter and discover that yeah, they kind of took Tristan kind of took it a little bit too far, <laughs> to put it mildly and politely. Um. And what happened was, I said, okay, you know what, this, this can't do, especially with the subject matter at hand, you know? Well, he, he yeah. retweeted uh, several tweets, I think about 30 within like a day. Um, it, it wasn't the retweets, it was what he had said. But then, yeah. right, right. And I do, think you have, do you have that tweet, Barry? So you, I mean, if the audience doesn't know what the tweet said, so they can kind of get the grasp. I don't have it in front of me. I, I can I can look for it here. But I mean, you could just say that he was comparing what's happening right. now with the protesters with a plot of Sonic the Hedgehog from Sonic Adventure 2, I think. Right. And I guess what I was trying to say is that the, the I felt like the constant retweets of um, real world events from him caused people to question why he was doing it so much. And then I his rebuttal to them was, well, and I'm not reading this verbatim. I don't have it in front of me. The tweets were deleted. Um but that it was making comparisons to past stories in Sonic games where Sonic encountered, um, uh, I guess, wrongful uh, imprisonment or arrest, and, and also that there was a lot of, uh, what, like, um, Sonic Forces had resistance against, uh, you know, rising up, you know, all those sorts of things. And, I mean, I get it, but you can apply that to just about every fiction, like Star Wars. You know, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but you don't see the Lucasfilm Twitter going out and saying, "Hey guys, guess what Luke did?" And that's kind of like Princess Leia going to the Death Star, even though she, you know, it's like, ugh. Um, so I just have a question I want to ask: like, who in the staff has control over the Twitter account, and does Donnie Tristan. ever? Oh, okay, just Tristan. And does he ever? I mean, does he ever come up to people in the staff and go? I have this idea for a tweet. Uh, it might be controversial, and just just to check what you guys think. Never. Nope. Yeah. I have absolutely like Lewis does his own thing on the Twitter. He has, we all have access to TSSE's Twitter, but who does what on the Twitter tends to be just whatever. Tristan does his thing. Lewis does his thing. 
uh, I think uh, Noah does this thing. I tweeted like a few times on it, but really I didn't pay much attention to it because I didn't want to, you know, I kind of wanted that the, the focus on my own work to, to do the talking. And and besides, I had my own Twitter anyway. They had pretty much the TCC's audience and then some. Right. So I knew I had a bit, I felt like I had a better reach on my own Twitter than I did on TCC's Twitter. But whenever Tristan had something that he wanted to do, I think he, he I think he said, ask permission if it was okay to start doing things on Twitter more. I think everyone was like, fine, but when it came to certain subject matters, like what happened, he just went and did it. No real thought, like he just went and did it. Um, and from what I've heard, some of the staff, I won't name any names, but uh, some of the staff were actually like talking to Tristan about, you know, explain to him, like, you might want to have boundaries on what it is you want to actually tweet about. Right. Um, yeah. And he didn't really listen, apparently, as we've come to, as I've come to understand now that I had no idea. I just, I never really said anything to Tristan about any of this stuff, in all honesty. I just, you know, did whatever because it's none of my business, you know? It's not, I'm not Tristan. I, I can't really, I've bit my tongue a lot of times, though, um, when certain things happen. But because, you know, Tristan had done so much for me in terms of, you know, give me a few extra dollars uh, whenever I needed needed it. And, you know, he was very understanding whenever I talked to him. And, you know, it's like, well, with him doing all this stuff, it's like, I, I don't really want to get into, cause any issues. Because I, I try to keep drama and, and toxicity down to a minimum on my Twitter. And, but at that point, it was getting to a point during this whole thing where Tristan would, uh, it was not Tristan that said the tweet, but it was like, hey, I, we understand, but this is our current st stance, and we this and we that. And I'm like, this isn't we. I have nothing to do with this. What, what is this we thing? Yeah, there's no discussion with the group, right? It, it's like Tristan's doing a thing, and then he doesn't, he kind of makes everyone else sort of damage control for him. It's basically what the issue became. and. And in my case, it wasn't even damage control. I, I was just like, please just not. Can we just not? I just don't. I want to talk about Sonic. I want to talk about Sega games. <laughs> like, this is all I want to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, when did you, like, come up with, what do you were you feeling when you were thinking about tweeting against what he, well, that Sonic Adventure tweet is what, the one that set you off, right? With the BLM? Uh, it was Trist Tristan's various tweets and, you know, like actual tweets and TCC's Wii response. I don't know who it was that wrote that. I just know it wasn't Tristan. Um, okay. It was, it was after I spoke out about the matter that I realized, you know what? TCC is going on talking about this stuff. It's not right. It really isn't right. And now they're trying to drag me into this too with the whole B thing. And I thought, no, th this doesn't represent me. TCC is become is trying to become something I do not represent. And I spoke out. I said, you know what? No, th 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 leave me out of this. And I, I do admit that it was I was it was a bit fueled by anger too because I think this was the final you know straw for me. 
I was so tired at this point of waking up to Twitter and seeing Tristan had done something, you know, and it was people were reacting negatively to it. I was tired of the toxicity from TZZ's Twitter, you know, and it was because it was bringing me down. It was bringing the rest of the team down. I had had enough, you know, so I spoke out and the rest is history. I ended up leaving TZZ publicly, which was not the intention. I was going to leave late eventually once I had gotten you know, another job or something like in the media, but I left publicly and the rest is history. And uh, everybody online actually reacted positively uh, towards you, uh, very negative towards uh, TSSZ, what it seemed like, at least from, you know, looking out. Um, how did that make you feel that the community came and backed you up and uh, for speaking out? <laughs> like, even now, I get choked up thinking about it, dude. Like, I just... Like, the, having mental health issues that I do, and because uh, I have autism and attention deficit disorder and, and various other things, um, it, it... I... The sheer outpouring of support that I got was just... The amount of tears that I shed because of that, you know, uh, I, I was in a call with, I, with Kevin Eva. I was in a call with him as we were sorting out, you know, sorting out things. And I broke down in tears multiple times in front of him, um, like three times, just to the point where I was, at one point I was like, give me a moment. And I just had to like, God, it, like. People don't realize how much I appreciate that kind of of uh, feedback. It was it, it it was probably the thing I'm going to remember the most. Not what happened, you know, with me breaking off with TSC, but people just uniting in my in, in, towards me and just saying, "Donnie, you did nothing wrong. Donnie, you're amazing. Donnie, this." And it's just it, it tore me up <laughs> knowing that. People, the Sonic community actually banded together, which is rare to, them, yeah, to very do rare. this. And they did it to unite uh, in defense of me. It's like, what do I say? You know, <laughs> like I gained like a thousand Twitter followers following this whole thing, and it's still growing. That's that's good to see. And you know, it's funny because I think that the media gives a negative, uh, like, impression of the Sonic fan base. I remember. When I was first coming into this, a lot of people told me, oh, they're the most toxic fan base of all time. And I don't know. I've been given nothing but support. I mean, I'm sure there's some few people that, you know, make fun of the way I speak or something. And that's fine, you know. But for the most part, I feel like it's one of the nicest communities and supportive communities. And if you don't say anything dumb, they're really, really nice to you. I've said my fair share of dumb things, so I kind of like... I kind of sympathize with Tristan, but like so you have to one day sit down and go, well, what I said was stupid. Uh, I have to admit I'm an idiot and move on if I want to be doing what I like to do, which is talking about Sonic or Sega, right? Yeah, that's the thing about Tristan is that he has a side of him where I do feel like he means well, but when he's actually under pressure to do things, it sort of wears him down especially the reaction he got to those tweets there he has never gotten a backlash that he got 
like even before 10 years ago when you know there was a lot of tension between that TSSC and you know and the other sonic sites it was there were non-sonic accounts that were like dude what the hell <laughs> like, yeah it was pretty bad what well, made the news it made kotaku and it made a japanese site which really like, shocked me wait it made a japanese site yeah, it did, and they did a whole, I guess, Barry, you read the Japanese article, you could speak on this more than me. It was, um, from the Google Translate, it sounded like a, uh, like a brief history of TSSZ and Sonic fandom in America, and then talking about the events that transpired, but it was just so interesting to hear the, a Japanese perspective, and I, I looked at it, it was like this, I mean, I don't know how old she is, but it seemed like this like middle-aged woman in Japan is like <laughs> writing about what Donnie said on TSSC. <laughs> you know, it's just it's very. I mean, you step back and look at the absurdity of it; it is kind of funny, but it's just it's surprising. But I mean, I guess you look at it the other way around. There's Japanese sites that we frequent often, and if they just went down, and be like, what happened? You know, um, and I guess that's kind of what's going on over there. They they check us out from time to time and i'm sure they're like hey that one site disappeared what happened write about it um so yeah that's that's cool and you know um all this time too people were saying they they're not saying shut up donnie anymore right no (laughs) well what's the story (laughs) behind that okay so the story behind that (laughs) it sort of got its very original roots at sonic paradox because every like every May, it was one of the uh, one of the staff members' uh, uh, birthdays at the time. Uh, Nathan, he had a birthday birthday mid May, and it sort of became tied into a little gag on Sonic Paradox called uh, Internet Ass Kick Donnie Day, <laughs> and that sort of became where Shut Up Donnie sort of got its very very like early roots. But it sort of drifted over to Brand Scratch Comms and uh, Find a Computer Room, FTCR, because uh, Nathan and I knew about uh, our friends with them. And that's where it sort of took off from there was because it sort of Nathan and I sort of brought it over to them. And they have a much larger like audience. And we, I, I became more of a frequent, uh, made frequent appearances there. And all too often, you know, I'd hear "Shut up, Donnie!" just about almost every conversation I was in. So it became like it, ca- it caught on as a thing, and then it just sort of blew up from there. Where uh, Doctor Eggman and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog told me to shut up, and then a Twitter Q and A. That must be great that you could have that clip and play it back all the time. Yep. Um. So he posted this right on Twitter, and then he got the feedback and. I've gotten some really bad feedback. So, how did you read any of the replies he got? And uh, was it level-headed replies, or was there just some people accusing Tristan and the website of you know being whatever? Sometimes you get people that just walk in and they're like, "This guy's this thing," and it's like, "What for for posting this?" I mean, the post was dumb. I get it, but you know, there's people that go overboard on Twitter sometimes on the replies. The sheer volume. I think what probably overwhelmed uh the staff was the sheer volume like there wasn't really anything there was very very little that was actually insulting <laughs> from what i read okay. uh but it was mostly just memes 
really just mm. pictures and, and gifts and uh i think at one point uh what was it uh it was mainly just that and also people just saying yeah this was not a good idea <laughs> basically okay and um you did the okay so i saw you do that uh that public tweet about leaving and you said um i remember this specifically because when Tristan shut down the website he mentioned which felt to me like a petty kind of like uh like he's trying to do payback right when you said no one's going to miss me on TSSZ and then everybody came out and supported you and he put the same thing about them being shut down so like to me it's almost feels like he's kind of trying to do a slight towards you or, or am I just reading into things no actually I kind of got that vibe as well but I didn't really th- think much about it because well it's not like they're getting good uh feedback anyway and this certain certainly isn't going to give them good feedback so you know it's like hey guess what you're just making things worse and everyone's gonna now tell you they're making things worse it's not my problem but really honestly i I, after the time after i had said i left i was basically just like this ain't my problem anymore. I should. I honestly thought at one point, you know, the meme image of Kermit the Frog drinking tea. Yeah, I was tempted to just reply to that with just that image. So before you went public to leave, you and Tristan didn't have any talks beforehand, uh, trying to straighten anything out. He didn't like reach out to you or anything. The only message I got from him was, you know, that tweet you quoted was not mine, right? That's how I know that tweet, that we tweet was in Tristan's. So I was like, okay, I I don't care. (laughs) Mm. This this started in the first place because of him. Yeah. And like, um, has he tried to like isolate himself? I feel like the whole thing he's doing with this. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, I know him and what he's thinking. I don't. Um, But it feels like he's just trying to like buy time or like try to uh, like he got this negative feedback online overwhelming like thousands of i'm assuming replies it was on the news um i think he just wants to like go in his shell not face criticism and then hopefully come back in a few months and go hey guys nothing happened Um, right let's see uh it was kind of like that and kind of not um i i don't know any staff communications really except so like i'm basically relayed what's going on from um one of the staff, and then they're relaying, like, the staff are communicating, and then one of the staff is relaying me what they're talking about. So, it was basically Tristan sort of taking a moment to cool off, reevaluate things, and come back. But, on the, meanwhile, the rest of the team are sort of discussing things about how they want to preserve the site. The site's not coming back. I okay. honestly, even, I, I'll, I'll let you guys know on something. That I haven't actually said publicly yet. I was not the only one that was going to be leaving TSSE. Okay. That's what I was going to ask next, next. If like anybody else also left. Or was it just you were the big writer that left? Because I mean you did a lot of work for them right? I did a lot of work for them. I wrote over 1,500 articles for TSSE during my time there. And how many years were you there? Uh, six years. Wow. That, that's like no joke for sure. Yeah. Um, 
And how many of those were like long form? I mean, like obviously there's news posts and there's long form content. Do you do a lot of long form content? Not a lot, but I did do like I'd say 25% of them were long form. Uh, wow. Most of them were like me going in depth about certain subjects like uh, uh, sales. And I went into, uh, I actually went into a uh, in-depth, uh, in-depth uh, uh, piece about Sega's pinball division. Because they actually oh. had, for a brief time in the mid-90s, they actually had a, a, a pinball division, a real-life pinball division. And that wasn't something that really anyone had covered before. And I'm amazed that, uh, you know, it didn't. I was amazed that uh, no one had done it before. So I thought, hey, I'll go ahead and do it myself. And uh, that's sort of what, what uh, went from there. Are you, do you have access to that article? Arch- I had to, uh, I've archived all my, uh, all my work now. Thank, thank right. God. Um, but if I had to go there now, Tristan had already removed from what I could tell. Tristan had removed some of my credentials, so I don't really think I would have been able to get there through WordPress, like the admin stuff. Right. So it was kind of finicky, so I had to use someone else's staff uh, login information to be able to get into WordPress and be able to archive everything that I uh-huh. wrote. But right now, I have a file on my computer where I can see my work, including those in-depth articles and hmm. uh, the articles I wrote at the end of the year where I like discussed how Sega and Sonic did and stuff like that. So, well, I mean, uh, I didn't discuss this with George at all, and we can talk offline, but if you ever want that, uh, especially that pinball one uh, reprinted, I'd love to have it up on SegaBits. That would be a great article. Yeah, I uh, I've actually been talks. I've actually in the process right now of uploading my TSC articles uh, to a site that isn't live yet, but will be returning soon. It's fantastic. Not- yeah, I mean, even if it's published elsewhere, I'd love to point people to it because that's a that's a cool bit of history. I'm glad you covered. Yeah, I actually it, it wasn't just that I covered. I, I think I I recovered Sonic sales stuff. I think I talked about a uh, Sonic in the mainstream media. Um, all sorts of stuff. Um, are you gonna do like a uh, host your old content onto another website, or are you thinking about launching your own kind of like archive page? Uh, I think I'm just mainly focusing on just taking my work and just posting it to whoever wants it. Uh, you know, obviously there will be a a site or two that I will be writing up uh, for, which well, I, I assume we're beginning to. In a moment, but uh, in terms of like what I'm going to be doing with my past work, uh, my TSSD work, it can just go up for whatever. If people ask for it, I'll just upload it. Like it's it's public, you know. It's it's been public for years, so right, it's like right. why why should I keep stuff hidden from you know hidden from the public? No point. So people can just go wild with it, I guess. So let's talk about that. What's what's next for Donnie? What do you want to tell us? Well. At the time of this, at the, of this recording, it hasn't actually been announced yet. It'll be announced uh, the next day. But uh, I will be uh, joining uh, Sonic Stadium. Oh. Uh, uh, a lot of my Twitter followers had recommended uh, Sonic Stadium to me, and you know I had listened to that. But I was actually tempted to go to the stadium anyway because you know I wanted to go to the next. I want to be welcome to the next level, I guess is the way I put it. 
and I thought, you know, if there's anywhere I can go in the Sonic community that would be going, like, actually going to the next level, it would be Sonic Stadium. Uh, I've also been in the works with something that had been in the works for a while, but sort of waited for news to happen. And it had just been uh, released today, the first episode. Uh, Sonic Paradox had uh, done a news video uh, uh, on their channel. And it was kind of amusing to me because as we're doing this, we're doing this on a program that I haven't used in years, which where I got my, which is where I got my start at. I had been having to go back to my CSC archives to see uh, everything I had written over the years. And now I'm Everything's gone full circle with the Sonic Paradox news thing to go back to my, you know, Sonic news roots. It's just so weird because as I'm looking for towards the future, I'm sort of looking back at the past too, you know? Mm. It, it's so surreal to think that things have come full circle and, and now a site that I had not actually ever in my wildest dreams imagined anytime soon that I would be a part of. Uh, I'm going to be on Sonic Stadium. I'm going to be a writer. Um, and it's I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Congratulations. Yep, I uh give all the thanks to to us uh, Zen aka Dreadnux for uh you know kind of having to go through the sudden realization that hey, Donnie wants to join Sonic Stadium. A lot has happened. Should we let him on? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be doing uh live content for him? Cuz I mean, you did say you like doing live content. I've actually proposed that to him. I'd like to do live streaming uh, in behalf of on behalf of Sonic Stadium, because uh, not only because of uh, you know live news coverage, but I also do stuff for the Sonic Hacking Contest. Mm. Um, I'm a judge and media manager for them, and I also stream for them. So I'd love to be able to give Sonic Stadium some representation in the Sonic Hacking Contest. So you know, among other things, so. Yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, I'd love to stream. I don't know if they have a Twitch channel, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do. I think I actually follow them. I think they do. And it's funny because I also follow TSSZ because I like to see what you know people are live streaming in the community. Because I've been thinking about doing more like stuff with uh, Sega Bits on live stream. It feels like that's the only social media aspect we don't really do because it takes a lot of work, right? right um, yeah. So when I see it, I, I was looking at what is Donnie, I mean, what are you guys and TSZ doing and um, Tristan? And I've only seen, I haven't seen you do any of the content, but I have seen Tristan. And for what I've seen, he has somebody playing a game usually. And then it's kind of like a discussion, at least when I, when I dropped by. I, I don't know. Does he have that as a show live? He had, a, he had his own show on TSZ called The Final. Yeah, there you um, go. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And it, at the time that uh, TSC basically, you know, shut down, they were in the process of releasing an interview with with a uh, Dreadnoughts, and it was looks like it's going to be lost of time now too, based on the discussion uh, discussions that I've had, and yeah, it was the final was going to be continuing, even though the person like. Even though people were leaving, uh, like Lu- at the time, Lewis was actually gradually. We were actually gr- gradually weeding out like TZZ Plus because uh, people were leaving. Um, mm. And 
it looked like it was going to be kind of retired too, excluding the final. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's looking like looking like the finals. Uh, literally the final now. So <laughs> <laughs> finally, right? The fat hashtag finally comes through. I was gonna say no for reals. I was gonna say um. So TSSZ was something that was like where they already kind of felt like they were trying to like like that Tristan was trying to like find a way out or do you think he used this as like it was the the straw that broke the camel's back as he say? Uh no, Tristan was basically inserting himself more than ever, you know. It definitely mm-hmm. didn't seem like he was easing up. At the time, the plan was to incre- make more like part of why Tristan wanted to do more on Twitter was because TSSC's Twitter was on the rise and we've noticed that social media was becoming more and more of a thing than our own site. Right. People yeah. Were, people had been you know, we've been getting more interactions from there. So Tristan decided, hey, we can make things maybe happen more and get traffic up through social media. And that's when he started decided, hey, I'm just gonna talk on Twitter more often. And uh bad idea. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, people on Twitter, they want memes, they want to laugh, they want to share stuff. Like, make some bad memes or whatever, but, like, yeah. I don't know. People aren't, like, taking hot takes, you know? Yeah, like, that was a very hot take. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a hot cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's hard to do social media, and I think, I mean, especially me and Barry, we're from like a totally different generation. And sometimes we say dumb things and like we're more dumb than we are like uh, malicious. And the problem with Tristan, what I've noticed in my whole life, you know, like when I first interacted with him, I remember everyone telling me this guy is going to make you mad. And it was all fine. I had little interactions. We were fine. Until the day he got me mad and he got me so livid that I swear I was like, I don't want to do any website stuff. I'm shutting down Sega Bits. I don't want to deal with it, these kind of people. <laughs> and then I had to have like a walk and, and relax. And I, to be honest with you, I, I, I was way younger and I didn't handle the situation between me and him. I like threatened him on Twitter. Um, so I don't hate him. I think uh, he's just... He, when he has a point, he thinks he has a point, and he'll try to hold it on you, and he's always right, you know? And you can never make him bend just a little bit. That's yeah. what I've noticed. Yeah, that's basically the issue that uh, kind of made things worse as well, is that he's just saying, I'm sorry, is just very, very difficult for him. Mm. There's always got, he's always got to make sure he defends himself, no matter what the cost. And... So, like I think I can only remember one time where he actually did apologize, and that was like a year or two ago, and <clears throat> didn't really get a whole lot of attention at the time because back then when Tristan did something on Twitter, it came and went. You know? Yeah, that's part of why I was able to bite my tongue at the time was because yeah, Tristan did a thing. Oh well, in 24 hours it'll be a thing of the past and whatever. Yeah, this. This was a completely different story, and I knew this was going to be completely different just because of what things had been happening lately, and everyone's very, you know, upset about what had happened, and Tristan, you know, didn't exactly make things any better by tweeting those things, and I knew, yeah, this is going to, this isn't going to go away. I do, a lot of the time, even now, it's like, I still feel like, I still feel like a bit of fault, because, like, you know, the entire reason why Tristan decided to go come back 
was because of me. It was because I had, you know, need I needed a little help. The entire reason why Tristan started doing more on Twitter was because I decided to just go with it. And Personally, I don't think you should blame yourself. I think he did the tweet. He's a grown man. He made a mistake, and he decided not to just do the responsible thing. Uh, he didn't decide to just apologize to people. Uh, he decided to delete his website and like pretty much uh, kind of play the pity card, which I don't know. I, I just think that's a bad way to leave. Also, deleting all your work or or making it hard for you to get your work. Yeah, I, I the good news is that from what I've heard in the last uh, a day or two, most of the current team, the team that had been around at the time of the closing, they've been able to archive their work. Mm. Um, I think only two people off the top of my head were not able to uh, archive the work, including Tristan and Mom. Like I said, I don't know what's going to happen with Tristan, when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. All I know is that he's going to, quote unquote, reevaluate things. So I hopefully don't really. He's, hopefully he's getting some counseling. I don't know. I mean, just just handle things better. Just chill. It's OK to make mistakes. I don't I think a lot of people would have been fine if he came out and made a video about how dumb and like tone deaf he was and just admit to it and move on i think everybody on the sonic community would have been like all right we make mistakes we get it yeah it, it's just the thing about the staff is that they're all in pretty much agreement that we just want to preserve the site we're done like we're just you know no, nobody's really wanting the site to come back with new content i feel like it's no going back now TCC has now become synonymous with what has happened in the last week. Uh, the momentum that had been gained on Twitter has been completely blunted. It's now going in reverse. Twitter, TCC's Twitter has lost hundreds of followers since this happened. But you gained uh, followers. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean. personally gained followers. Uh, I actually did recommend to the, the uh, one site in particular, I recommended them go and contact two of the TCZ members who were actually still wanting to do things and I don't know how successful things went with that uh, but you know I'm trying I do hope that they the rest of the team even though I've kind of I wouldn't say I've had a falling out but you know most of the team I'm not really talking to with talking with as much as I had been before um Mostly because I, the Wii thing just sort of made me feel like it wasn't just a Tristan thing, you know? You think it was like everybody there was okay with that tweet? Because, I mean, to me, it makes it kind of feel like he doesn't really talk to anybody about this kind of stuff, and it's just spontaneous, and everybody just deals with it that's working on the site. They, It was sort of like they deal with it, but they don't deal with it publicly. They sort of mention, like, sort of tell Tristan politely from what I know. They tell Tristan politely to kind of keep things, you know, in check a little bit. But when it breaks out in public, they just keep quiet about it. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like that they are to blame or anything. Gotcha. Because, you know, I was just the same. Like, I, I really was. And it, it's just more along the lines of I was, I, I wish that by me speaking out, you know, more of the staff were just, kind of spoke out too to kind of show that hey we had been doing stuff behind the scenes to kind of deal with this we don't want to make it seem like 
you know, this was solely a tr- like this was all of us to blame or anything. Mm. But you know, it it kind of upset me to see that we tweet. I think that's what like I was already I I feel like I was already about to say something beforehand, but when that we tweet came out, where it's like, oh, we understand, but we. Uh, this is our stance. This we do, doing this. It's like no. This is what Tristan's doing, not the team. You're sp- and you're based- I just think it's weird that he takes such a strong st- stance on like things that don't have to do with uh, Sega or Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, what's your uh, thing about? I do know that Tristan. I mean, if, for people that are listening to this and don't know him, he actually works in the news as a news. I guess graphic designer or something in real life, right? Yeah, he he doesn't like to make a big deal about where exactly he's working, but it's it's similar to that, yeah. Um, but it's it's more along the lines of he only does that kind of stuff if it's very very important, and if it, mm. it feels like things are more important than Sonic right now, and that's what he was basically going along with here my stance is it's okay to retweet things on an official like on a news account as long as you don't really you know you keep it to just that and keep a lot of your opinions to your personal account yeah that's what i was saying like i guess i mean i guess when you have like an account like uh tssz and like me with sega bits sometimes I get into something and I want to retweet it, but it has nothing to do with Sega, Sonic, or even video games. I uh, I guess it's kind of hard to be like, oh, I have an audience of like 8,000, 10,000 people right here. I could, you know, t- engage with them on this other topic I'm passionate about. And I, I try not to mix that personally because I-, I think it'd be like unfair to most people in our I guess that do yeah. writing for us because it'd be like what I stand for, they stand for now. And they only wrote, they only came on to with Sega bits to write about Sonic the Hedgehog or Sega. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's, I have a very unique Twitter account in that people turn to my Twitter account for Sonic news, but I'm also able to get away with talking and stuff because it's my, also my personal account. Yeah. You don't have a group of people that are, uh, Donnie, right? You're just one person. Yeah, it's, it's 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 very unique in that way because just about everyone else, they don't do have their own personal accounts, but they also run, you know, you know, say Sega Bits or Sonic Stadium or Sonic Retro, et cetera, et cetera. Like it, it's, you know, it, with me, I have a double effect where my Twitter is a news account and a personal account. So, right, it, it's like I can just do whatever the hell I want. But even then, I still keep things, you know, I still have boundaries. Like, I, I, I've i gotten more outspoken about the situation in, in, in the U.S. lately. But it's mostly because people have just been encouraging me to do it, really. I mean, I wouldn't have done it if, uh, if my cat's meowing. <laughs> my, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it if, as easily if people hadn't been encouraging me. Like, I'm right. always reading... Uh, what is going on with my, uh, you know, with Twitter replies, even though for my mental health, I really shouldn't be. Right. But, you know, I, I can't help it. I like seeing people and what they have to say. And I learn things, you know. Um, I'm, 
Yeah, and I'm I'm really happy that you were so positive and receptive to come on here and chat with us about the whole thing, especially with it. It's not too far in the rearview mirror right now. It's been only a few days, but um, you know, it's 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 fresh in our minds. So I think it's important to talk about, and it's great that you have a new home already. Honestly, I think you just need to take a a TSSC break from that whole ecosystem and just enjoy yourselves with the the Sonic Stadium community and just yeah. really just really go all in, you know, like see what you're capable of doing there, see where people need help and uh offer your own services as you've already shown you're willing to do with the live events and um you know, my my only advice is just to see what areas need filling and where they're kind of not really <laughs> doing much yeah. which uh you know, it's easy to do if you're if you're someone like yourself who have has done work in just about every facet of running a site, maybe except for site design. <laughs> that's that's up to someone else to design the site. But um uh so George, is there anything else you wanted to say before we wrap things up? I had something we can close out on. I was going to ask Donnie what he thought about the Game Gear Micro and the news, the fog. I don't know if you heard about the fog, but oh yeah, that kind of news. Because, I mean, that's like Sega's 60th anniversary, and you haven't really been writing about Sega right now with all the drama. Yeah, I've been twi- trying, to, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to make a big deal about the—I had been making a big deal about the whole big scoop thing that had been teased like last week. And I thought it would be a mini console and maybe a cloud service. And turns out I got both, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, the Sega Game Gear Micro. Oh, God. I, uh, <laughs> uh, it's something. Yeah, it's definitely something. <laughs> I don't know why they made it in multiple colors with like four games in each. But uh, I think they should have just done something like the Genesis Mini more than anything. But uh, personally, I think that they saw that. I I think that they when they released the mini, they saw that collectors were the ones buying it mostly, and they probably thought, well, we put four of them with four games each, then the collectors will have to buy all four. I mean, it it would make sense. So I mean, that's what I think. I think they know that it's a smaller pool for these micro consoles, so they're trying something new. I guess we'll see how it goes, but I hope. That for the U.S. release, they put a little more games, at least like sixteen. Yeah, uh, I do. I mean, sorry, go on. I was gonna say, like, I do admit though that the fall gaming thing—that's a cool idea. Like, Sega's very known, like, well known for their arcade games. Like, and to have like a service for that is cool. I just, yeah. I just so, wonder if it'll be coming overseas to you know Europe and U.S. It's a it's a very technical idea. I've read at least two or three articles on it, and each time I get a different idea in my head of how it functions. It really seems like it's a localized uh, kind of cloud-based server farm that's at the arcade itself that speaks to the arcade machines. So it's centralized there rather yeah. than rather than some office, you know, some room in Sega headquarters. Uh, controlling all the arcades it's more giving control to the arcade owners but then they can kind of do with do with it as they please in terms of like hey we close at 9 p.m but when you get home they could possibly have people connect to them from their home computers and they could be making money overnight you know a lot of these people are night owls and the arcades can't 
function 24 hours sometimes. So, I mean, it's kind of a blue skies opportunity for them because there's so many possibilities with this technology. I, um, I personally was just a little disheartened to see people being so negative about it. But then again, this is a tech, a technical idea that we haven't really seen in, in use yet. So I'm sure if you were to describe people how uh, GD-ROMs work, they'd say, ah, oh, no, I want a new console. And then you're like, oh, but it's the Dreamcast. And they go, oh, oh, that's how it works. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe people don't like, people don't care about, you know, how the, how the bread's made. They just want to, you know, like go to the store and buy a loaf. They don't care. I'm torn. I'm torn on if it's if it's really revolutionary or not. I want to say it is, but I want to say it isn't because cloud services aren't really new. But for arcade machines, that's new. Yeah, and uh, they do do. I know Sega does this thing called Sega Prize. I don't know if it that you could do it on your mobile app, and then if you win a prize, it's kind of like a crane machine. You get it mailed to your house, or you get, pick it up at a Sega station. Uh, so they have something like that with some mobile things. I mean, it's not the same as the fog. My only my only concern is that the fog will be like the cloud, where we're, we're promised this technical innovation, and every single like five years, we're like it's happening, guys, and all we do is like get a Google Drive and put our family pictures on them. You know, it's like uh, that's cool, but like it's not. You remember when Microsoft was saying that cloud gaming was going to change Xbox One, and we never really got a game that changed because of. Uh, cloud gaming yet so i'm ho- I'm hoping it's not one of those things with sega where they're like promising the investors a gold mine with fog but they're just like delaying it like all right we'll yeah. see later yeah <laughs> i mean i remember the sega mini like the sega genesis mini getting like repeatedly <laughs> like delayed so yeah right yeah and i think in terms of the game gear micro they i've read a few and i definitely recommend you guys and anyone listening to this check out the uh if you check the landing page for it on the Japanese site, they have two links, one to Famitsu and one to, I think it's, uh, it's that website, not Beep, but it's their like nerdy uh, retro game site in Japan. And they have some great interviews. It just, it gives you a kind of a look behind the scenes as to the thought process behind it. And that whole thing kind of sold me more on the concept. And honestly, I mean, <laughs> for me, like when there's so much shit going on in my life, like little things like this, I sometimes step back and go, you know what? I'm okay if there's four games on each one. Like, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Bot- At the end of the day, I, I stepped back. There was a moment where I was like, what the hell, what are they thinking? And then I was like, ah, it's a little Game Gear, whatever. But, um, I don't know, It's M2's behind it, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Um, they're always good. They always throw But, uh, yeah, check out those articles if you haven't already. Um, so you know what they should we- do? Uh-huh. Uh, I was gonna say like just before. Remember, like early in the Genesis is like a a life cycle where they would do the slogan, uh, "We bring the arcade experience home." Uh huh. They should do something similar to that, but with the fall gaming. Oh yeah, they were also like, like the quartermasters, so <laughs> they're gonna take your quarters again, but mobilely at your house. I can't wait to stick a quarter into my hard drive and play <laughs> Outrun. Yeah, I mean it it's entirely possible. I'm I'm really hoping that they do actually venture into that home arcade streaming because we're going to have people posting guides online and then they're like, "Hey, here's how you log in and then we can play like Border Break finally, a game that we've heard about for years and we've never really been able oh, to touch." You, you um, know what? 
You know what games they should bring back? Remember those obscure like Sonic arcade games from the nineties? Oh yeah, like Sega Sonic, uh, Sega Sonic the Arcade and stuff like that. They should yeah. bring those to the to the service. I've got I've got one like five miles from my house. Oh oh yeah, <laughs> he's got Galloping Ghost Arcade near him, and they have like a thousand arcades. Well, not a thousand, maybe seven hundred. Seven. Well, <laughs> just let's round up. Let's just round yeah. up. There's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of very obscure Sega t- arcade titles that they could actually give prominence to if they play their cards right. Absolutely, yeah. If they can emulate it properly and then they just stream it to your homes, that'd be really cool. I'd rather pay for a monthly service than five or ten bucks a pop. Honestly, I feel like the three, not three classics, Sega Ages on Switch, like it's cool and all, but I honestly wish it was just a service. And then it's like, all right, you're paying the the two bucks a month here's another game for the service you know what i mean like i'd prefer that to you know having to drop seven or eight bucks every time they release one and then when you look back you're like oh my god i just spent a hundred dollars on uh <laughs> kind of how uh nintendo does their online where, where it's really just like a netflix of super nintendo and nintendo games yeah but maybe once the service ends you can have the opportunity to buy an offline version for like a premium price or yeah. they'll be like you know, you've been a member for two years, so here's a discount. Like, I think that would be cool, but who knows? But the great thing is, is I think, honestly, not just with Sega's uh, 60th anniversary in Japan, but also within the community, there just kind of seems like, a, in some areas, a reset, in some areas, just like a refresh. So, I don't know, I'm looking forward to the future of things, despite all the drama that went down. Um, I'm sad to see TSSC go, but I'm happy to see the talent thrive and continue on and you know i don't i i'm you know after talking to you for the past hour you know i'm really glad that we've gotten to know you more and that we have someone within sonic stadium now who we know well i feel like it's uh what about jason had, uh we don't talk to him anymore <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> we like him we just we don't talk anymore but um you know, you've gotten to know a lot of people online, hear the things that they have to say about you, but I had this, I pulled it up a while ago. It's, what does Sonic and his friends think of you? And it's a online quiz. Uh-oh. Um, He's quizzing so you. Run, Sonic, run. Oh, boy. So, so before we close out, I'm just going to see, we're going to find out what Sonic and his friends think of Donnie. So, what is your favorite color? Blue and pink, green and red, or silver and orange? Uh, well, my favorite color, colors are actually blue and pink, so... Uh... Oh, there you go. I, I, I think that bodes well for you. Um, here we go. Do you like Sonic? The answers are, yes, he's so fit. No way. He's annoying. Who? Or he's okay? Yeah, he's definitely, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's so fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must be a British person. Um, who are you? Hero, villain, or both? Oof. Uh, hero. I'd say you're a hero type. <laughs> George is gray. I think. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm like Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a weird one. Okay, so what's your favorite movie? Paul Blart Mall Cop or the movie... <laughs> The movie Year One, if you don't remember that, that's the one where they were cavemen. It was like modern comedians. Or none. None of those. None. Okay, good. I think that's everyone's answer. 
Um, who would be your best friend? Sonic, Shadow, Tails, or Rouge the Bat? Uh, considering... You know what? I'd say Shadow, because Sonic... I, I, I feel like with what my past is like, I feel like I could re- Shadow and I could actually relate to each other more. So we probably would hit it off pretty quickly. Ooh. Uh, I want to see that fanfic. Yeah, Donnie oh. and uh, Shadow taking down... You've been, you've been through a lot recently, Donnie. You'd be like, yeah, Shadow, don't worry. Yeah, I don't know. Don't worry, <laughs> so have I. So have I. I lost Pulls Maria, what did you... I've lost Maria. What did you lose? And you'd be like, my login credentials. And you'd be like, oh, oh, that's not really the same now, is it? Um, and then here's the last question: Did you like my quiz? Yes or no? Oh, you got to say yes. Yes, I, I love your quiz. Your quiz Good. is the best of all time. All right, uh, here we go. Sonic and his friends. And we're going to hear their reactions. They're, they all have something to say about you. They think you're cool. All of them? Well, well here, let's... Sonic says, you're cool and cute. <laughs> Shadow says, oh. whatever. Oh. Uh, Silver says, he's very kind and helpful. Tails says, what? <laughs> I feel Charmy like... Sa- Charmy says, oh my god! Uh... <laughs> I feel like Taylor's reaction probably sums it to a sums up the reaction to a lot of people as I've been gradually like um, maturing in the Sonic community. It's like, Don- what Donnie? Who's Donnie? What? <laughs> uh, Amy says, "I hate you." I ha- I hate. Oh, Amy hates Sonic now, and she loves you. Whoa. Okay. Oh. And uh, Jet the Hawk loves you too. Everyone loves you. Like you're getting a lot of like boyfriend girlfriend stuff going on here wow well congratulations um well shadow's like whatever so i don't know (laughs) you want to hang out with shadow and because you you like uh relate to him and he's like whatever that's so shadow that's a shadow yeah he's like move on i have you know that's that's shadow but um (laughs) anyway uh i guess that's one way to end a podcast so where can people find you on the internet so i know you're on twitter what's your handle uh my twitter handle is at ssf 1991 and that's pretty much what i go by everywhere uh so so very instagrams you instagram um not really i mean i have an account but i only really i haven't really used it so okay so, right. so Barry, don't, don't check this. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah, Donnie has fifteen thousand uh, Twitter followers, and TS says he has like seven thousand. So, like, basically, you got to be respectful to Donnie now because he's got the big, the big boy followers. Oh boy, double wow. digits. I mean, it's it's well, even more awkward when you realize that uh, Sonic Stadium is above me, and I'm about to join Sonic Stadium. <laughs> So how does it make you feel that sometimes like uh, some brands on the internet have less uh, followers than you do as your personal account? I, I feel bad because like a lot of these Sonic sites and Sega sites do so much for the community and and, and it stinks because like you know they deserve followers too. <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah. why you should go follow at Sega Bits. I hear they're good people. Oh, uh, thank you. Oh wow. 
George is making sound like we don't have any followers. We have I followers. I always I always try to put us all the way down so that way people go and follow us after oh, the right. they yeah. feel we're bad only, they're like oh we're only two boys. we have two followers wow so low. You, <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh, tell them where to uh, so just your Twitter all the I, info will be there right actually you guys have more followers than Sonic Stadium does yeah I know we're we're humble bragging <laughs> oh oh. I only just found out about this. Wow! It's it's all the it's all the memes. People just follow us so they can get mad at us. Oh yeah, yeah, like the meme you guys sent me <laughs> earlier today before we did the recording. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, the eyes. Yeah, because because <laughs> uh, for co- for those who don't know the context, uh, today was the day that uh, like I said, that Sonic Paradox News episode one went up on uh, SP's uh, YouTube. And I had tweeted out uh, a picture of my news reporter Chow uh, doing doing the doing the news, and I my screen cap was timed in a way where the Chow was looking like I've seen some crap, and <laughs> and Sega Bits Twitter replied with a GIF of shifty eyes, basically like uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's it's a nice. Uh... Icon. I actually like the Chow reporting. I think Chows are underrepresented right now in Sega. Uh, get rid of the Wisp. Bring back Chows. Let's. Yes, please. This is the movement. We're. This is. This is our stand. This if is what's important. One, if there's one thing you take away from listening to this hour-long podcast, it's uh, support Chows. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Well, um, as we close out, is there a song you want playing in the background? Do you have a favorite Sonic song? If if there's one song that I think that sums up me and also sums up just the general vibe I've been getting right now, it's probably Endless Possibility uh, from Sonic Unleashed. Perfect. Let's all, let's all sing along with it. No, no don't. <laughs> Segabits.com and you can find us on all major social networks. Just search Segabits. 